All right, welcome back. Time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Welcome back. Thank you. And so it's first day of the online booking system mm-hmm. uh, for the province. You can go online now and and book uh, for and reserve a spot for the vaccine. It's still by age age yeah, based rollout go, though, don't right? Don't go on unless you're eligible. So that's people born in 1950 or earlier. Uh, right now can go on and and register. You so don't 71 or older. Yeah. Yeah, uh, year nineteen fifty or uh, or later, yeah, um, or earlier. Sorry. So you you register, um, and it's a three step process. You go on, you register, you have to provide a phone number or an email address that's reviewed regularly, then and a phone number that can take a text or, or a message, and then uh, you'll be sent, you'll be texted, or you'll be uh, uh, messaged that uh, here's your vaccination date, and you're told what. Okay, to do. has the site crashed? No. This Not is yet. great news. I mean, okay. we were talking about this crashing every time it comes up because yeah. even officials in internally were, were fingers crossed thinking it was going to crash because we've seen other websites in similar situations crash. But right now, no, it's uh, working very smoothly. And the government encouraging people to only go on there and register if you're in the age cohort mm-hmm. right now. So it's 71 or, or older right yeah, now. Don't go on there if you're 48. But if you do go on there and you're 48, you can still register, though. My understanding is you can still register, but yeah. you're not going to get... Um, you're not going to get any message back for for quite a while. So it's not like you're going to move up in line no, if you, you register you, early. You can't move up in line because yeah. you register early. You're stuck to your age cohort, right. um, and that's in five year increments with moving year by year by year. So no, it does does you no advantage. And why they don't want people phoning or, or going on right now? Well, a bunch of people to literally crash the website because they're trying to register even though they're shot maybe weeks if not months away. Okay, it's almost surprising that the site has not crashed. It almost is, but uh, again, um, you know, it just shows you where we we're at when there was so much expectations that it would crash. But it's it's great that it hasn't. Okay. There's also have... a phone number that's also available. Uh, if you if you can't have online access, there is a central phone number. Okay. COVID cases surging. We got another live update coming this afternoon. Yeah. What are you anticipating? Well, we're we're approaching almost a thousand cases a day on daily average. I just did the seven day daily average. We're I think something like nine eighty or something. Uh, that's double in a month. So our doubling rate now is one month, which is quite uh, scary. Our active cases continue to climb. We're approaching 8,000 active cases. The other uh, concern, of course, is the growth of the variant cases, which we'll touch on in a bit. But um, yeah, and again, our, our ICU numbers went from 79 to 96 in four days. Uh, most people ever in the ICU, one of the biggest jumps, uh, prolonged jumps from uh, critical care. So that that's concerning. Although I'm told that to get into ICU right now, uh, the, the criteria, the levels have changed a little bit. Doctors are a little more um, quick to put people in ICUs right now than they were, uh, say, a few weeks ago. I think just out of an abundance of caution. But what we're also seeing is more young people showing up in ICU. Okay, let's talk about these knuckleheads that were running these two restaurants that refused to shut down. Uh, we'll play some audio here, Keith, of inside the Corduroy restaurant, which is one of the two restaurants that refused the public health order. They tried to stay open. You're going to hear some health officials going into the restaurant here and the reaction of the people inside. Let's have a listen. Get up, get Ooh, they're so tough, all these people. Get out. They're yelling, get out. They're ignorant, thuggish behavior. (laughs) Uh, But these people, a lot of them are conspiracy theorists. They're anti-maskers. They're anti-vaxxers. Yeah, like the owners of these restaurants spoke at the anti-masker rally. That's right, yeah. Yeah. So this is, uh, you know, the owner, Rebecca, there of Cordray, uh, didn't recognize um, the health officers as having any jurisdiction over her. Right. 
because she was a woman. So it's um, it's uh, because she's a woman. Yeah, it's just uh, it's it's, it's beyond silliness. It's also a, a you know a danger to public health. You have people gathering like that. I hope nobody in there gets sick uh, because they were gathering in such close quarters, no mask wearing, everybody's shouting and screaming. Uh, That's a perfect Petri dish for COVID-19 to spread. Okay, the city of Vancouver pulled their business licenses. We've heard some threats from Mike Farnworth to come down heavy, too. Mm -hmm. I mean, are the penalties enforcement here adequate, in your mind? Well, that's been uh, the question all along. Are the penalties adequate? Uh, One thing about pulling their business license, unlike a fine, which you have to pay, and a lot of people are refusing to pay the fine, and yeah. We talked about that before. The, the, what was it? T- less than ten percent have paid some of these COVID penalties. Pulling your business license—that's it. You're done. You can't have any revenue. So they, these restaurants were complaining about diminished revenue. Well, welcome to zero revenue, and well, that's what's yeah. supposed, and they they run the risk of it being further closed uh, after April uh, April twentieth because. The reopening is tied to the public health order, uh, I think, being ended or extinguished. No reason to think this is not going to be extended past April 19th. Our case numbers are going up. They're not going down. And until they start to go down significantly, these restrictions will remain in place. Okay, let's listen to Ian Tostenson here, head of the Restaurant of Restaurant Association of BC, making, uh, making the point about these two restaurants that refuse to shut down. Tostenson. I don't want the industry to be tainted and or brought down by one or two restaurants that decide to go rogue. Okay, so he's worried about other restaurants being sort of tarred with mm-hmm. the same brush. And let's keep in mind, we're talking two restaurants here out of thousands. Yeah, right? two two that are that are just thumbing their nose with public health yeah. rules. I mean, there have been some restaurants, and I've seen them, you know, before the public health order, that were flouting the rules of yeah. people at tables. There was I counted, you know, in one instance, seven people at a table. The rule six was well, that the end of the world. No, but that is breaking the rule. I feel for Ian Tossinson because he's worked really hard yeah. with public health officials to keep his industry from the very afloat, start. Right, from the very start yeah. to fi- figure a way how to how to um, re- have restrictions and still be able to operate when they were closed completely. How to reopen uh, to do it safely. So Tossinson and his group have been probably one of the top sector associations in terms of getting their sector uh, up and running or at least surviving. There's still going to be a high. Um, closure rate amongst resi- uh, restaurants in this pandemic. We're already seeing it, and some are barely hanging on, but it does, again, he makes a very good point. These two rogue restaurants do their entire industry a disservice. It's ultimate selfishness. Right, and they he's done his absolutely very best from the start of this thing to comply with the rules, and it must be frustrating to be told with 24 hours notice that you're shut down again. And I can certainly understand the frustration of restaurant owners who are faced with this. Well, you know, though, On the other I, hand, he's been trying to ride it out. Like, what are you going to do? We've got to try to try and get through this and hang on. No one should have been. Anybody who's paying attention should not be surprised by these restrictions. If you just go on social media, for months, people have been saying, close the restaurants. Uh, not necessarily majority of people, but you hear that all the time. When are the restrictions coming in? You go on Twitter, Facebook, you're going to see people talking about this all the time. So to suddenly think out of the blue 24 hours notice you should be on your guard at all times if you're if you're a business that does business with the public you should always be prepared to be shut down because that's the reality of the situation we're in. okay what's happening with the vancouver canucks we've got a bunch Good of players question. down with covid i think they've they've missed four games here now they're set to have at least two more canceled some people wondering if they can even complete the season now the nhl the official position from the nhl yesterday in an official statement they released was they believe that canucks will be able to complete the uh, their regular season schedule here, despite so many players down with COVID, although we don't know a precise number no. of how many players are actually sick with COVID. 
No, I think 17 are on the protocol list, so that doesn't mean yeah. 17 positive infections. There's also reports that the Brazilian variant was the cause of this, which is very concerning. What's unfortunate is the Canucks on public health or whoever is responsible here really are not giving out much information. They're keeping the public in the dark. This is a public health emergency yeah. right around society. And for a high-profile team like the Canucks who are you know, brought back to life by public health allowing them to play, I think there has to be some explanation how this happened, how it started, where did it come from, as much information the contact tracers presumably are coming up with. Uh, I think it's uh, right well, now transparency and data um, revelations, I think, are key to get public uh, confidence in what's going on. Well, especially when the Canucks have been given a special deal yeah. to operate. You cannot play hockey in this province, really, unless you're a member of the Vancouver Canucks. There's no beer league hockey, hockey going on right now. Yeah, that's now. all canceled. I mean, restaurants are shut down, churches are shut down, sports are shut down, that these guys are allowed to operate. And we were told they will be able to do it safely because they're in this bubble. Now we find out a ton of them are sick. And so we should be, well, how did it happen? We should be able to have that information at our disposal to, to make it clear, again, to clear up some confusion, rumors, all those sorts of things. We need some clarity and transparency. Okay, Aaron O'Toole, the federal conservative leader this morning, uh, calling for a public inquiry into the manage the government's management of the pandemic. And here's O'Toole speaking this morning. A public inquiry will ensure that all lessons learned from the crisis are publicly aired and improvements can be immediately adopted. Canada must be better prepared for future threats. We cannot afford to once again fail to keep Canadians safe. Okay, so that's if he wins the next election, he would call a public inquiry. It doesn't really help him out too one much of, right now. One of the lamest things, of every opposition party across Canada all the time, depending on what the issue is, calls for a public inquiry. Yeah. It's the safest thing to do. It has absolutely no ramifications. Um, very little followed up on. Now, the NDP government here, they did follow up with the money laundering um, uh, public inquiry, which you really don't hear much about anymore. Yeah. Um, public inquiries, I think, have limited use. And O'Toole is just, it's just a typical... You know, it's an arrow out of the quiver that all opposition parties have. It doesn't go anywhere. It's Baldry's Beat. Your calls to Keith Baldry, 604-280-9898, star 9898. And yourself, Pat in Vancouver. Hey, Pat. Hey, guys. Uh, just quickly, first, Keith, I'm curious to know how you choose the books that are on the shelf behind you in the global hits. <laughs> um, but my comment is that uh, last week when the Canucks were off for several days, while the rest of the teams caught up to them in terms of games played, I saw several of them out playing golf. Um, is playing golf considered being in a bubble for the Canucks? Uh, first of all, on the books, uh, I get books sent to me by publishers, BC publishers and BC authors. Um, they want their book. Uh, I'm trying to promote BC authors. It has to be a BC book, right? It doesn't have to be, but, okay. but you know, <laughs> like to, and you know, some of our friends, Jack Knox of the Times Columns, I put his yeah. books up. Tom Hawthorne. Sure. Uh, yeah. George Abbott's book, former cabinet minister, I put his book up the other day because he's a former intern and I had a couple oh, of Gordon Campbell won't like that. Yeah. And, uh, but there's a lot of children's <laughs> books come in for some reason. I had no idea why so many children's books, uh, authors. In terms of golf, you can go golfing right now it's an outdoor sport it's uh it's bubble's not the right word to use for that you're again you're not you can socialize with people up to 10 outdoors and a foursome is a but the canucks are in a, the canucks are in their own bubble right so are they they're allowed to hang out together away from the rink are they yep they they, they uh you know they can go golfing um again they're not supposed to do uh, no socialization outside of their outside little of their group. They're, they're operating by slightly different rules than a lot of us are because yeah. they're they're also being tested constantly that's the other thing that's a little different from them difference between them and us okay let's go to ed in vancouver or uh claude in vancouver hi claude 
yeah. No, I just went on about an hour ago and uh, registered to get my vaccine uh, shot. Good. Cool. Took about 15 minutes. It was pretty straightforward. And, and how old are you? 50, uh, 65. Okay, so you probably wait a few, few yeah, sometime. Yeah, yeah. Well, what happens, they give you a registration number, and then they give them your email and or your text, and then they, they say uh, when your turn comes up, we'll email you uh, within, to win the book. Right. And you keep the register. You keep the registration number, and then when you go to book, you just give them the registration number, I guess, and it's fairly straightforward. Oh, that's great. Okay. Good to hear. Good to hear. Thank you for thank you for the call, Ed in South Surrey. Hey, Ed. Hi, Keith. Uh, some months ago, I can't remember exactly when uh, Bonnie Henry had sort of reached rock star status. I just wonder, given uh, the state of current affairs, uh, has our rock sunk a little bit? Oh, you can certainly see more criticism uh, and concern on social media than you saw six months ago. And as the case numbers rise, I think you are going to see some uh, second-guessing or doubting from the public on, on some of the things that are going on. Again, I, it's almost split half and half. I see uh, every day on Twitter or Facebook, half the people want stricter me- measures, right. uh, and like really strict measures. The other half say, well, these measures, these restrictions are useless. They're not going to work anyways. They go too far. So I think she's damned if she does, damned if she doesn't, and that's going to continue. But it would be interesting to see a poll. I think the last poll uh, from Leger in the Vancouver Sun had 73% support for uh, the measure, the performance right now of her and Adrian Dix. I wonder what the number would be now. I'd be surprised if it would be that high. I think it's sunk a bit. Okay, 604-280-9898 is the number. Star 9898 on your cell. Mike in Vancouver. Hey, Mike. Hi, how you guys doing? Good, go ahead. Good. Um, my question is, with respect to the two restaurants that are not following the orders, um, to Keith, if, if it's known, what's the transmission rate that's, uh, that's occurred uh, or has been traced back to any restaurants in particular? Because I haven't heard of any being shut down because mm. of any kind of outbreak. So is that, is that number known? Well, this is one of the frustrations with with uh, Center for Disease Control. The, the data flow is not really voluminous. So we've been asking about transmission for some time. We've been told there's relatively little transmission. On the other hand, I invite you to go to Fraser Health and check out the now that graphic on um, that now notorious trivia night at a pub in in Port Moody, where the transmission was unbelievable. Where one person went in, infected 25 people or so. They then went out to their communities and infected almost 300 people. So there's a, a situation right Although there. Although the head of the bar and pub association told me on the show last week that that particular pub with the notorious trivia night and, and all mm-hmm. the cases was not charged. No. And, 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 they, and they say they didn't break the rules, that, you know, maybe somebody got up and coughed well, in front no, of someone they, else. They, having an event is breaking the rules. Oh. You can't oh. have an event because that attracts people in. And so they, tri- they had prizes. It was a fundraiser. Uh, so that is an event. So he's wrong to suggest they weren't breaking the rules. Now, again, Why weren't they charged then? That's a good question. Um, the charging uh, seems to be uneven uh, in, in situations. But um, again, that 296 people infected by that one event. Let's go to Nick in Vancouver. Hey, Nick, you got 30 seconds. All right. I just wanted to know, I'm a splenectomy patient. Um, how is the government uh, about, or um, BC going to know about me having a splenectomy done in Alberta in 2009 to make me eligible for an essential person? Well, you should be eligible. You're, you're, he's, he's right on the list, right? If yeah. you've had a spleen specifically, removed. yeah, you know, you're you're eligible. So you should be contacted by your medical uh, practitioner, whoever you have contact with in the, in the medical system. If not, you should initiate contact yourself. You're one of the 155,000 people who are, uh, you know, compromised you in terms right. of their underlying health conditions.
Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.